Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. Oh, and by the way, as you listen to this episode from the audiobook The Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud, keep in mind you can download your very own copy of it by visiting www.audible.com. And you can find the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven on Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. On today's episode, we'll hear Chapter 12 from The Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud. And each week, we'll take a visit to Jenny's Corner, where we'll get to hear from Jenny Cody herself, the creator of the Epic Order of the Seven. Jenny will give us the inside scoop on all her stories, her inspiration, how she comes up with these great ideas, and much more. And she'll read letters from her loyal listeners, maybe even yours. Well, let's get started, shall we? Here's Max and Liz. Bonjour, mes amis. That means, hello, friends, uh, but you probably knew that. Uh, Max and Liz here once again, as we finally get to reveal me friend Craddock to you. It's about time, eh? But last time you remember, we may have received a clue, uh, but not from Max. No, that would spoil me fun, then. <laughs> this is true, but the clue came from Adam himself. Aye, the very first man. For it says in the Maker's word to us that Adam were in charge of giving all us animals a rightful names, like dog and cat. And on the previous episode, those names also included uh, ostrich, uh, the kangaroo. <laughs> that were a funny one. It sounds like something a mangy wolf beastie would make up then. Kangaroo! <laughs> uh, we. Oui. And the wolves are not mangy, you just don't like them. Oh, I were just playing. I were just trying to be funny then. I'm sure you were trying. Uh, anyway, there were a couple more mentioned as well, and one of them referred to Craddock, eh? Let us find out which one. Here is Chapter 12. Chapter 12. The Right Way. The animal friends reached the rock jetty in no time. Max stopped suddenly and turned to explain things to Al and Kate. Okay, now you asked me for a way to reach the other side of the sea. I talked with the maker and did a lot of thinking. An idea came to me that you might think is daft, but you got to trust me on this. I need you to come up with me on this rock jetty, said Max. Al and Kate looked at the big, jagged rocks going out a short distance into the sea. Waves crashed all around, making the rocks wet and slick. It wasn't very inviting, and it didn't seem to make any sense. Where would this rock jetty lead? Kate looked at Al, who had a concerned look on his face, and said, Lad, I know this doesn't look good, but I trust Max. Has he steered you wrong yet? No, he hasn't. But there's a first time for everything, replied Al. Kate frowned at Al. Come on, Al, you can do it. You handled that sand crab bravely, so surely you can handle this jetty. And Max told me how you liked to jump up on the rocks. He said you did so all the way across England. Aye, it is true. I like to jump on rocks, sure, and but dry ones. These are wet and sharp and lead to the sea. It don't look good to me 
said Al, not moving an inch off the sand. Max jumped up on the first rock and asked Kate to follow him. This courageous dog was telling her not to be afraid, but to follow him. She didn't know what he was up to, but how could she resist him? Up Kate jumped next to Max. He grinned and said, That's me girl, lass. Okay, Al, you're next. Al hesitated. He loved jumping up on rocks, but this was different. Still, he knew he could trust Max. Kate was right. Max hadn't steered him wrong yet. He took a deep breath and jumped, slipping on the rock at first, but then balancing himself. Max and Kate were moving down the jetty out to the sea. Al slowly followed behind, carefully watching his step. Max tried not to look down at the water surrounding him. Stay focused, lad. You can do this. No fear. No fear. Remember, you're loved and you're able. Think Gilliman thoughts, Max muttered to himself as he and Kate made their way along the rocks. They looked behind and Al was catching up. That's it, lad. Keep coming, encouraged Max. As the three of them reached the end of the jetty, Kate and Al both turned and said to Max in unison, Now what? Just wait. He'll be here, answered Max, searching the horizon for any sign of Crinan, Bethu, or Craddock. Kate and Al just looked at each other, totally confused as to what could possibly be happening. Max kept scanning the horizon. Out of nowhere, a loud burst of sea spray came raining down, drenching them. Ah! screamed Al, his eyes blinking away the salt water. Max jumped up and went running to the edge of the rocks, calling, Hello, Craddock, me friend! Thanks for coming! Kate and Al then saw an enormous dark gray form emerge from the surface of the water, a mammoth whale nearly 50 feet long. It was he who had sprayed them with water from his two large blowholes. Well, hello, Max, my good fellow, Craddock exclaimed with a proper English accent. It's splendid to see you, old chap. I was so pleased when Crinan and Bethu told me of your grand adventure, and I am delighted to render assistance to you. My, it has been a while since I've seen you. Last summer, I believe. Aye, last summer it were. How grand to see ye in these waters, said Max. Kate wagged her tail with excitement. Al looked half his normal size now that he was wet with seawater, and he looked like he'd just seen a ghost. Let me introduce ye to me friends. This sweet lass is Kate from Scotland, and this orange wet creature is Al from Ireland said Max. Right, pleased to meet the two of you. Craddock's the name. I hail from the west coast of England, uh, Wales to be exact. I enjoy summering up on the coast of Scotland where I met Max years ago. Any friend of Max I count as my own. I am at your service, fair lady and dear gentleman, replied Craddock. Craddock moved up close to the jetty so he could get a good look at the land creatures. He was a right whale, his large head was covered with white bumps on top and below his chin. One bump was just above one of his small eyes, giving him a very distinguished appearance. His beak-like jaw was shaped like a bow and adorned with large lips that curved precisely when he spoke. Under his lips were nine-foot black baleen plates that he used to skim the water for plankton. Craddock's flippers were enormous and made the water swirl as he reached out to touch the jetty. He was a majestic creature, but
but his large, warm eyes and generous smile made him totally approachable. Max walked over to Craddock to look him right in the eye. Ah, me friend, I can't tell you how relieved I am that you came. We've been following the fire cloud in the far southern sky for days on end. The problem is, when we reached the southern coast of England, it kept moving. We're not really sure where it will lead, but feel the Maker has called us to follow it, so that's what we're doing. Have you seen it in the sky? asked Max. Right-o, Max. Big puffy clouds with fire in the center. Why, yes, I've seen it for days now. I enjoy watching the wonderful color it gives the sea at night. Utterly splendid, replied Craddock. Have you heard a voice telling you to follow it, then? asked Max. No, I don't believe I have, old chap. Just enjoying the view, you know, replied Craddock. This confused Max. If ever there were a noble creature deserving of the Maker's call, it was Craddock. This just added to the mystery of this grand adventure. Well, I were trying to figure a way across the sea to continue following the fire cloud. I were thinking and talking to the Maker, and he said to remember me old friends and I would find the right way. Then I thought of you, Craddock. Will you carry us to the other side of the sea? asked Max. A jolly good show, old boy. I am at your service and have travelled across this stretch of sea many times. I know it well. You were right to listen to the Maker. He's quite the wise one, you know, answered Craddock. Max whispered to Craddock so Kate and Al wouldn't hear. Um, Craddock, I'm not very good with water, see, so if you could be so kind as to not move suddenly, I would be much obliged to you. No problem, my good fellow. I happen to be a slow swimmer, as whales go. I will give you a gentle ride, replied Craddock with a comforting voice. Max got close to Craddock's large flipper, took a deep breath, and walked across it and up onto his wide back. He turned and looked at Kate and Al. Okay, here's the plan. Since we can't swim to the other side of the sea, Craddock here will carry us across. Kate, you just follow along like I did. Craddock's strong flippers will hold you tight as you get on. Kate was thrilled. I am delighted. She gingerly walked across the last rock of the jetty over to Craddock. The large whale gave her a wide smile and a wink and said, Milady, your ride awaits. Mind the gap. Kate carefully jumped onto the whale, mindful of the gap between Craddock's flipper and the jetty. She walked across Craddock's flipper and joined Max on top of the large whale. Al sat motionless on the jetty, fear consuming his expression. His whiskers were shivering, and not because he was soaked to the bone. He was scared to death. Ah, oh, come on, lad. It'll be fine. You'll see, encouraged Max. No way am I going to ride on such an enormous swimming beast, Al responded. What if he decides to go under? Sure, and I'll slide into his big jaws and be lost forever. Not quite, old boy. See here. As a whale, my mouth is large, but only takes in very small plankton and krill. I wouldn't dream of scooping up a fine feline such as yourself. Besides, you can rest assured that I will carry you over the sea with great care. I won't let you fall. Nothing to fear, said Craddock, doing his best to convince Al. Al may not have been comforted by Craddock's words, but Max certainly was. 
Come on, lad. You come this far, and this is our way across. You can do this. Don't leave us now, pleaded Max. No, I'm not going. I'll say me farewell to you both here and make me way back home, said Al sadly. Al, if you take a little of that growing courage you have and trust the Maker, I'm sure you can do this thing. I know it looks hard, but nothing is too hard when you have good friends to help you, said Kate, trying to persuade Al. Al remained unmoved. He hung his head low and got up. Farewell, Max. It were a grand adventure while it lasted. I guess I'm just not up to this challenge. It's too much too soon, methinks. I'm just not brave enough for something so big. I'm sorry to let you down. You've been a good friend. Farewell, Kate. I'm glad I got to meet you, and I know you and Max will reach the fire cloud. Al started slowly walking away along the rocks of the jetty back to shore. Max and Kate looked at each other, helpless to know what to say to change Al's mind. Krynan and Bethu flew over in front of Al, begging him not to go. Nothing seemed to move Al. He was just too afraid. The gulls flew back to the others and landed on Craddock. The poor dear, there's no talking him out of it, said Bethu sadly. Craddock said, Oh, dear me, how sad. I do say I hope I didn't cause your little band to break up, old boy. No, me friend, it wasn't your fault. Al has to decide for himself what to do. You can't make anyone do what you want them to do. Creatures have to make up their own minds, replied Max sadly. Kate nuzzled her nose in Max's fur. I'm sorry, Max. I know what a dear friend he's been. Max sighed and watched his friend walk away. Aye, I guess he'll have to make his own way now. Let's go, said Max somberly to Craddock. Here we go, said Craddock as he moved his enormous flippers to shove them off the jetty. The currents produced by Craddock's massive form in movement stirred the water into whirlpools all around them. The pairs of dogs and gulls sat on top of the great whale, crestfallen that they could not help their friend. As he turned his head out to sea, Max heard a sound from behind that sent alarm rushing through him. Oh! Oh! It was the wolves. He saw them in the distance running down the beach. They were headed right for the jetty and right for Al. Wait, Craddock! Don't leave! The wolves are coming, and Al's out there alone. We got to help him, yelled Max. Right, back to the jetty, said Craddock, turning his huge form around to the breaking waters around the large rocks. Al was now jumping across the rocks, down the jetty, getting away from the beach as fast as he could. No sooner had Craddock reached the jetty than Al jumped completely over his flippers, landing on Craddock's back next to Max. "'Welcome aboard there, old boy!' exclaimed Craddock. "'Aye, glad you could make it!' said Max with a wide grin. "'Are you okay, lad?' "'Aye, I'll choose a nice, wet, enormous beast to a mean, howling one any day,' said Al, digging his claws into Craddock's large back. "'I knew you could do it, Al. Aye, but you're hurting Craddock with your claws,' remarked Kate. 
"'There's no fin to hang on to,' answered Al. "'Just make yourself at home, Al. My hide is tough. You just hang on tight,' said Craddock. The wolves were making their way down the jetty. "'Craddock! Hurry! The wolves are getting close! Shove off!' yelled Max. "'Right! I'm shoving off!' said Craddock, as he used his powerful tail to splash the jetty with a wall of water, drenching the approaching wolves. The wolves shook off the sea spray and stood there, looking at the unlikely band of friends riding on top of the great right whale into the channel. Whew! That were close, Al, my friend. I thought you might not have made it, said Max. Aye, I about jumped out of me fur when I heard them beasties howl and start running at me, answered Al. I guess you figured which fear you would rather face. I'm proud of you choosing to come along. I were going to miss you, lad said Max, with a warm smile. Well, I were thinking about what you had told me in the forest about not quitting when I heard the wolves. I were feeling like a real failure, walking away like that. I were doubting myself. I were doubting ye, and I were doubting the Maker. But I had no good reason to doubt, not after all I already seen on this journey. When the wolves came, the fear of the unknown on the sea were nothing compared to the fear of them. I guess you could say the wolves were like a blessing to move me onward, said Al. Max grinned. Al, me friend, that sounds like something Gilliman would say. Al nodded his head as he and Max shared that knowing look that two friends do when words aren't necessary. I say, I don't like to interrupt your splendid conversation, but are you sure we should have left the wolves behind? said Craddock. Aye, Craddock, we'll do just fine without them. How can you ask that? answered Max. Oh, you see, I was wondering if they might possibly be following the fire cloud as well, replied the whale. I don't see how. Why would the maker call wolves? No, it's best to leave them be said Max definitively. I see. Hmm. Uh, well, how many wolves were there, old chap? asked Craddock. Max stood on this smooth swimming whale and looked back at the wolves that were now pacing back and forth on the end of the rock jetty, staring back at him. Two, he replied. Hmm. Now I see why you made your little joke about the wolves. Aye, uh, maybe it weren't so funny. In fact, I'm afraid me joke might come back to bite me. Uh, figuratively speaking, of course, I hope. Well, that remains to be seen. But fortunately for you, we are turning the corner. Jenny's corner, to be exact. Ah, tis a welcome corner indeed, because we get to check in with our author lass herself, Miss Jenny Cote. And today, we have a letter from one of our podcast friends, who tells a wonderful story of her own. Jenny, who did you hear from? From Priscilla. And she said, thank you for all you're doing. Dear Mrs. Cody, I'm a senior in high school and have been reading your book since fourth grade. I love them all. In sixth grade, I had to write a historical fiction story, and I remember trying to imitate your writing style for the first time, using a lot of details and excitement, and it was successful. Yeah. Now I still use your writing style as a guide for when I write. 
Thank you for all the effort you put in all of these amazing books. I love the rich historical and biblical details that are within each book. Can't wait for the Declaration, the Sword, and the Spy to be released. Oh, thank you so much, Priscilla. Um, that just that just thrills my heart when I see a young person who is still reading my books, who's grown up with the books, and who actually was inspired in their writing and um, for their history work. So that really blesses me. Thank you so much, Priscilla. And I hope you're really going to enjoy the advanced reading copy of the Declaration of the Sword and the Spy. Thank you, Jenny. Oh, how gratifying it must be to know you've influenced the next generation of writers. Aye, and speaking of writers, we've got exciting news, in case you haven't heard it already. Right, announcer lad? It's Denny. Yeah, you're right, Max. The latest epic Order of the Seven novel by Jenny L. Cody is no longer an advanced copy like Priscilla got. Jenny's latest book is in print. That's right. The Declaration, The Sword, and the Spy is now available on Amazon.com. You can get your very own copy today. But wait, there's more. Right you are, Max. You can also get the Kindle version. You mean you can download it on your swipey thing? Oh, oui, Max, your, your swipey thing. Again, Jenny's latest book, The Declaration, The Sword, and The Spy, is available in paperback, or you can download it on your Kindle. You know, your swipey thingy. Just go to Amazon.com and type in The Declaration, The Sword, and The Spy. Well, that's all for today. Uh, join us next time as our land animals take a whale of a cruise, courtesy of Craddock. You see what I did there? A whale of... <clears throat> yeah. Uh, see you then. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. Have a grand day! Au revoir, mes amis!